stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Knew that uh, this was uh, not a good time for the price of oil and, and that Alberta is reeling from that uh, with everything going on and the crash in demand and the excess supply that's on the markets. But, you know, what we're seeing today in the markets is is pretty unprecedented. Uh, that oil, not just Western Canadian select, but West Texas Intermediate, getting into negative territory. So this is really kind of uncharted territory, I, th- I think, for us and understanding what the implications of that is. Uh, and, and obviously, they're not good. Now, a big part of what's happening today, though, involves the fact that May contract expired tomorrow. And so that's really affecting uh, the trading, and that's certainly what's driving down the, the price today. Big concern about storage capacity, that if there's an excess of supply, where are you going to put all of that supply? Now, if you happen to have some supply yourself, it uh, might work out well for you. You can uh, unload that in, in you know, the coming months. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, it's, it's not a pretty picture on the markets today. So joining us to talk a bit more about you know, what's going on here and what negative pricing for a commodity like this uh, implies or entails. Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Rory Johnston. He's uh, Managing Director and Market Economist with Price Street. Uh, Rory, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. Okay, well, let's start with the obvious question, then the big question, just what the heck is going on here today? Yeah, so you uh, you described it quite well in your opening. Um, so not only did we drop into negative prices for the front month or the May contract of WTI, we dropped deeply, deeply into negative prices. I think the, I think the settle was around negative $37 a barrel U.S., so what that really is is telling us is two things. One, no one wants to be holding uh, contracts that necessitate the delivery or, or receipt of physical crude right now because no one really knows where inventory capacity is going to be through the month of May. Now, we know that those tanks aren't completely filled up right now. We still have some extra room, although they're up, I think, more than 50% over the past month. But what it really does say is that no one wants to risk that we, you know, there's still going to be inventory capacity at the end. Because if you had a contract, let's say you owned like an oil tank, you could print, you know, in excess of fifty, sixty dollars for each barrel you hold for just the span of thirty days. The fact that there wasn't anyone to catch the price of oil on the bottom side really tells you just how concerning and overwhelmed the infrastructure around oil is right now, given, you know, the massive decline in demand from COVID-19. Right. And I guess there's the question that if there isn't storage capacity, what, what happens to the product? Eventually, prices continue to, to, to crater into negative territory. Uh, and, and, you know, to the degree that eventually the market needs to clear itself in some ways, if you don't have if you don't have space to put it in in storage, you need to push that front month price, that, that realized you know spot price, so low that enough producers shut in production around those hubs that you eventually start to cle- you you basically you uh, in rather than a demand solution with inventory, you just keep hacking away at supply until eventually you have some kind of balance. Um, but I think what's really interesting right now, I was mentioning that you know that spread between May and June is fifty sixty bucks a barrel. Uh, but well, right now is the forward curve or the futures curve uh, currently uh, is priced. There's only about a $5 difference between June contracts and July contracts. So what that's currently saying is, is that the market thinks there's going to be less pressure 
on those contracts, on inventory space then, or at least we'll know more by then. But I think at this stage, that seems relatively optimistic, given how quickly and how you know, precipitously prices collapse today. My expectation is that as we kind of roll out of May and into the June contract, we're going to see a big rally in prices up as you kind of meet that June, you know, that new timeline. But eventually those prices do start you know, falling again to incentivize or, or, or to create the market for, for storage space in June. And I think as of right now, it doesn't seem like we're going to have a material enough, uh, you know, bounce back in demand to satisfy what, what, what supply we're going to have at that stage. So it seems like we're probably going to have even even deeper discounts to prices so you get that supply side adjustment. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to predict uh, these days, I mean, where the economy is going, what recovery looks like. And, and I mean, this is one aspect of that. I mean, uh, there's an anticipation in the coming months. I think I've seen some bounce back in demand. But how significant that's going to be, it's hard to say. And there's there's a tremendous amount of oversupply. It's going to be difficult to chip away at that, isn't it? No, I, I completely agree. I think any it's difficult to have a base case forecast for anything right now because of just the degree of radical uncertainty we have. Whether or not you begin to see governments begin to reopen economies, that's question one. Whether or not people actually follow suit and actually go out and do things after the economy is reopened is, a, is the next question that needs to be asked. And even if we do see some bounce back in you know, some major markets, it doesn't seem likely that we're going to see a huge bounce back in air travel, for instance, anytime soon. So uh, most of the estimates I've seen show that you know, the, the initial May, June, April to a degree uh, collapse or the oversupply in crude was something in the order of 30 million barrels a day. Uh, and even if we, you know, you get OPEC cutting that begins in May, so that's going to be you know, some help. But that's you know 10 to 15 million barrels, depending on how you count it. Uh, you do need to see a material bounce back of demand, a material bounce back of the economy, in order to balance that market, or prices are going to keep going to zero. And I mean, at this stage, it's pretty. You know, it used to be completely taboo to talk about negative, you know, WTI prices, but we've now seen them deeply, deeply negative. And I think that that needs to continue until we see sufficient supply side adjustments uh, to balance the market. Otherwise, things just won't clear. Right. So, I mean, it, it it does seem so counterintuitive, right? Instead of selling a product, you're paying someone to take it from you. But I think essentially now it's almost like, you know, you're paying for storage, right? Oil companies are, are basically paying whoever can hold this stuff. Exactly, exactly. So it, 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 as an example, if you could rent space in a tank around Cushing in Oklahoma where WTI settled for $5 a barrel for that month, which is in normal times a relatively high price for storage, you would be printing, you know, over the course of that month, you know, $55 around for that, for the, you know, the duration of that holding period. So the fact that we see the difference or the, uh, the, fr- the difference between the front month and the next month forward to June, that spread going so wide, it says one of two things to me. Either we've completely run out of, um, or the market's pricing and a complete uh, exhaustion of any spare capacity around Cushing. Or I think more likely at this stage is that people just don't know what inventory situations are going to look like by end of May. So what we're really seeing is a pricing and of additional risk here that essentially someone needs to someone needs to get paid ten, twenty, thirty dollars a barrel to hold the hold that amount of crude that's likely going to come for delivery. And you know, maybe there's gonna be space, maybe there's not. And if there's not, you're gonna to need to pay Twenty, thirty dollars a barrel or more to do something else with it. Whether or not you put it in physical barrels on the back of a pickup truck and drive it out of the state, 
you know, these are the options that are going to need to be exercised eventually. Yeah. So there, there's some, you know, short term, here's some specific factors going on. But I mean, long term, as you say, longer term anyway, there, there are still some significant challenge, uh, challenges facing the market. Yeah, I would say I would say the medium term more more so than the long term, yeah. because because I'm curious about one thing. I'm you know, the, the lower prices go now and the fact that we see prices go outright negative. You're going to have a very disorderly shut in of a lot of production assets which in most cases results in damage to the wells, damage to you know, you know, various other capacities to produce in the future. So then if we do see a V-shaped economic recovery, like many have predicted, you know, whether or not that happens or not, but if we did see it, it would be very likely we'd end up in a situation where we would actually have excess demand again, you know, potentially in the order of millions or tens of millions of barrels a day. And, and this is why there was, such, there was so much importance to various um, aspects of the OPEC plus and G20 supply deals that were looking to try and have some orderly contraction of that mm-hmm. supply side. Because in some ways, you know, normally people look at OPEC and they say, oh, look, you're doing harm to consumers. But in this way, in, in, a, in an ironic way, um, in some ways it's actually helpful to consumers to try and have an orderly shut in now rather than a disorderly one through the course of May and June, because then you might not be able to turn everything back on when you need it. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I'll leave it there, Rory. Appreciate your insight on all of this. Thanks so much for making some time for us here this afternoon. Thanks very much. All right. All the best to you. Uh, so that is uh, Rory Johnston, uh, his thoughts on all of this, uh, what, what we're to make of it. He's Managing Director and Market Economist with Price Street. Uh, so, yeah, look, there, there are some, some storage capacity issues that are playing a big, big role in what you see in the market today. So understand that, but obviously that, that doesn't mean that everything is otherwise hunky-dory, right? So as he says, in, in the medium term, there's still some big challenges. But uh, yeah, it's quite a sight to behold today. Our number, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.